What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's January, and if you live on the East Coast like me, baby, it's cold outside. Here in Toronto, our uniform for combating colder climates is puffy jackets, the kind that make everyone look like they're wrapped up in a down blanket. Canada Goose is a brand that's enjoying massive popularity among shoppers, but the company is also coming under scrutiny from animal rights organizations such as PETA for the brand's use of coyote fur. While hunting and trapping are trades this country was built on, with all the advances of modern technology, isn't it about time our winter wear got an upgrade? Today my guest is an entrepreneur who's leveraging new technologies to rethink the winter jacket. Rana Nakal Solsit is the founder of Emil and Aris, a luxury brand elevating the aesthetic of heated apparel so we can have it all. Fashion and function, warmth and wearability. Her line of classically cut coats are made with luxury fabrics and heat panel technology that allow the wearer to control the temperature at the push of a button. In this episode, you'll learn all about how she came up with the idea, the challenges of bringing said product to market, and her ambitions for the future. It's a heated conversation, and it starts right now. So, Rana, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about what you're doing because it's getting very, very cold here in Toronto, as it is in many places in North America. And you already have on the market a heated coat with Emil and Aris. So maybe you could tell us about that a little bit. Yes, Emil and Aris is the British luxury brand of life-enhancing wearable tech. So it's a lot of words in one go. But basically, it's a luxury brand first and foremost of clothing. Our first installment is the smart coat. And the idea is that every piece that we produce is something that you want to wear you know, whether they're technology or not. So the idea is to create beautiful products and incorporate technology only when it actually makes a difference to your life. So it's not so much about gimmicks or gadgets or, you know, making your coat open your door when you arrive home. But if your coat can get warmer or lighter, as need be, it's obviously a plus for a lot of people. So it enhances your life in some type of way. Yeah, and I really like how you've approached this from a luxury standpoint, but as well as the heated technology standpoint. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what makes the coat special in terms of the materials, both the alive materials, we'll call them, and the kind of just regular materials. So the coat, when we thought of creating it, we wanted to create basically the best, the ultimate coat you could create. Creating a heated coat was the idea that we had. And when we came up with the idea, my first thought was, why isn't this in every coat? Like, you would think we live in a day and age where technology is so advanced and so developed that it should be something that's present in every coat. We should be able to, you know, if we can't control the weather, we should at least be able to control the temperature around our body. But in order for that to happen, usually it needs to start at a high-end level, you know, the luxury level. I think things that start and pick up at the luxury level tend to trickle down. And so, you know, that's why we wanted to start at the luxury level. Now, in order to gain credibility in the luxury level, as I'm not a fashion designer by trade, I wanted to associate with brands that would help build on my credibility, which is why I went and saw and decided to work with Loro Piana. Loro Piana, they make the 
you know, most luxurious fabrics around the world. They have their own brand. They produce beautiful clothing, beautiful material, and they give you the credibility. They have a strong name behind them. So we have amazing fabric, which is sourced in Italy from Laurel Piana. We have beautiful coats that are cut, manufactured, entirely made in the UK. So another element of our luxury is that we decided to keep the manufacturing here, you know, where we could keep our eye on it. And then we have the technology, which was also created in the UK and which is far superior to anything else that's on the market because it's inert, it's wireless, you know, it lasts forever and it actually has a lot of health properties. You know, it's all the elements that make it the ultimate coat. So cut, fabric, you know, style and amazing technology, which is seamless. Yeah, so it's actually infrared heat technology that's used to keep the body warm in key spots on the body that are inserted to the paneling of a coat, as I understand it. Of course, when Uh people hear infrared, they might be scared. Is this technology safe to wear? The technology is super safe to wear. It can't overheat. It can't create hot spots. It can't short circuit because it's inert. It's wireless. The only cable in it is a short cable that links, you know, the harness, like the heat harness, which sits in the coat, which you can't see, to the battery that is in the pocket. That is the only cable. So it's perfectly healthy and it goes through the skin. It's absorbed by the muscles and therefore it heats up all your blood. And once your blood is heated up, you just feel warm all over. So there's a big concentration of the panels on the kidneys and also at the front at around the same height. So you feel like you're getting this warm hug in a way. And the hug is coming back to us. That is very much what it feels like. Who doesn't need a warm hug in the middle of winter or in the middle of the cold? I think that's an awesome idea. So, of course, when it comes to heated apparel, there's a lot of obstacles in terms of washability and in terms of battery life. So maybe you could talk about if those have been challenges for you and, you know, like, is your coat washable? How often do I have to charge it? What does that look like? I think people are really interested in the logistics of what it would be like to own a coat like this. Well, yeah, I can sympathize. It's not machine washable because I, you know, nobody should put any Loropiana fabric in a washing machine if it's beautiful, but it's dry cleanable with uh, green earth-based products, like silicone-based, so it's a gentle dry cleaning, but it's completely dry cleanable. Nothing happens to the technology. It's more for the fabric. It's all well indicated in the instructions on the care label inside every coat. And then in terms of battery, so the battery has four different settings, actually, between three and four. There's also a max setting. And so you can control it at uh, three different levels. At the highest level, it lasts up to three hours, and at the lowest level, up to five hours. And then to charge the battery in its entirety is under three hours. So, And you can always buy extra batteries on our website. So if you live in a very cold country where you know you're going to need way more than three hours a day, you might want to have an extra battery. Yeah, kind of like your phone. You carry around those extra batteries for when your phone runs out if you're at a conference or something. So same idea. Yes, yes. Well, you can. But I mean, for most people, I mean, especially here, it's not a coat in which you're going to go take a long walk in the woods. It looks smart, right? The purpose of it is to look the part. It's more to wear when you want to look nice, you know. But it's interesting how when you were talking about the care of the product, it's like you wouldn't put it in the washing machine regardless of whether or not it had technology 
So you want to treat it like a delicate fabric, which it is, regardless of the technology. I think that's interesting because a lot of the conversations are like, oh, is it washable? Is it washable? Well, we've dealt with materials for a very long time, like sequin, for example, that isn't washable. So I think it's just a matter of like knowing how to care for your garment. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's dry cleanable. A lot of clothing needs to be dry cleaned. Yeah. And we're used to dry cleaning our coats in particular. Very few coats, unless they're, you know, outerwear, sporty coats actually would go in a machine. Yeah. And so the, and <laughs> the battery, does it just sit in the, the pocket? I think I saw in one of the pictures. Yes. Yeah, so the battery sits in an inner pocket in your outer pocket. So, you know, where you put your hands, there's a zip. And there's another pocket behind, a waterproof pocket, in which the battery sits. So you you have easy access, easy access to the buttons, control the temperature, switch it on, switch it off. As the battery is so small, and it's less than 100 grams, and it's it's inconspicuous, you can't see it. So it's a perfect place to put it, because easy access and you don't see it. Yeah, I'm really interested in how you came up with a battery that's so sleek. Most of the electronic apparel that I've seen, the battery is quite clunky. So maybe if you could talk about some of the technological developments you've gone through since your early prototypes, including maybe developing this battery so that it's like luxury material battery or luxury grade battery that we would expect. Well, to be honest with you, the battery has been like the big thorn in my side for a long time. We started working on developing a new battery in January. And because initially the heating system only worked with 12-volt batteries. I don't know how much you know about batteries, but a 12-volt battery is actually quite clunky by definition. When I saw that it needed to be a bit big, I mean, when I say clunky, it's it's about 200 grams, which is heavy. It's still smaller than an iPhone, but it's thicker. So it's, you know, it's something that you need to, you need to construct a special pocket for so that you don't see it. You'll still feel a bit of weight, so on and so forth. I decided to commission one so that it would look the part and be as luxurious as the rest of our brand and everything we're trying to build. And six months in, and I was down to the third prototype, I had to take a plane to China and go meet all the manufacturers. It takes seven different manufacturers to build a battery, FYI. Wow. (laughs) I disagree on everything because they were just not giving me the product that I wanted. But then when I came back, I received another prototype and I was again disappointed And we decided to go back to the technology and to the inventor. And I asked him to please not sleep until it would work on a 7.4 volt battery. Because then I wouldn't need to commission one. I could pick one off the shelf and they're, you know, they're very small. They're common. Otherwise, I would have had to wait much longer to deliver the coats. And it was key to me that they work with a smaller battery and that I'm able to get them to all the pledges before Christmas. So that was our solution. So we haven't designed the battery, but it's not, you know, it's a very small non-item that is not offensive in any shape or form. And so how long have you been selling the coats for at this point? So we did a crowdfunding campaign. We did a Kickstarter campaign in March for two months where we pre-sold coats around the world. So we sold coats from Australia to North America, a lot in Europe, a lot in North America. And now our website is up and we can pre-order, but the coats are in production. So they're actually only going to be on the market as in available to purchase and receive straight away in hopefully three weeks time. Perfect. Just in time for the cold season. So I'm sure at this time, a lot of listeners are thinking, okay, how can I get one of these coats? So how can they get one and how much is it going to be for them? 
So you can buy the coats on our website. You can pre-order now because we're only producing a limited number initially and half of them are already sold. So you can order on our website. It's moandaris.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if you want to find out when things are ready, when they're coming out, when we have new models, new colors, so on and so forth. But MLSARIS.com right now is your, is your portal to the code. And there's different prices depending on which design, correct? Yes. So okay. they're between 1200 and 1600 pounds, all of them. So we have coats for women and coats for men. So the cotton for women, the trench, the cotton trench, at just under 1,200 pounds. And then the wool and cashmere wrap and overcoats for men are 13.95 or 14.95. Yeah, and we're going to put links up on electricrunway.com so people can take a look at the coats and then link to your website and take a closer look and possibly order one. I want to talk about you a little bit. How did you get into this? We were chatting earlier and you mentioned you were originally from Montreal, but you're Lebanese. So maybe if you could talk about your journey, because you're in the UK now, correct? Yes. I've been in London since 2000. So the company is based here. Born in Lebanon, but immigrated to Canada when I was three. So I grew up in Canada, went to McGill. Canada, as everyone knows, is a very, very, very cold place. For six months of the year, people look like snowmen because they have no choice. No matter how stylish they are, they need to keep warm. Am I wrong, Amanda? No, you're absolutely Um, right. (laughs) And whilst I was there, I met my husband in university, actually. He's Norwegian, so another very, very cold country. And he went to work in the UK afterwards. I went to do my master's in Paris because I've I've always loved France and Paris. It's a big influence for me. And then I came back here and married him and lived in London. But all this to say that the idea of the heated coast Obviously, because I'm Canadian and he's Norwegian and we both come from families where people love to dress up and look the part and are often reduced to not being able to for a big part of the year. That was a big push, if you will. And a lot of people supported us. And so you mentioned you're manufacturing the coats locally, but what does your team look like, you know, bringing this brand to the world stage now? So it's a luxury brand first and foremost. So I really wanted the people that worked with me on it to understand luxury. So I initially, when I came to the UK, I worked for Wallpaper magazine. And then, I mean, I worked for a while in magazines. I worked for Wallpaper, Al Tatler, so Condonast and so on. And, uh, you know, this idea came and I knew I wanted to do a Kickstarter campaign. And I knew I had to move really, really quickly. And I had to surround myself with the right people. And that is probably one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a startup is to hire the wrong people or work with the wrong people. So I went and found the team I worked with at Wallpaper. So Tara, my co-founder, COO, right arm, left arm, she was my boss. So I shared the idea with her. I got her excited and she joined me. And then we also have Evelyn, who used to be with us at Wallpaper, and she's doing all the social media. And then we have the inventor, who is also on our team. We have other people helping with social media, and then we have, you know, outside suppliers, so like the PR firm, the design firm, you know, legal accountancy, and all the other stuff that you need, manufacturing, batteries. So we're working with a lot of people, but our core is very much, yeah, Evelyn and the inventor. Very good. And so as a company working at the crossroads of fashion and tech, what do you think fashion can learn from technology? Speed and inclusiveness. 
So I think fashion is already learning a lot from technology. I mean, if we look at everything that's been happening with fashion shows, you know, see now, buy now, technology is playing a bigger and bigger role in fashion. We're using it as a media and people are, you know, they're streaming their fashion shows online. I mean, technology is an intrinsic part of fashion already, I think, but technology also is very much of an inclusive thing versus fashion, which has always been, by definition, a bit exclusive. So I think fashion can learn from that. And then the speed, I think they're already picking up on how important it is to continually innovate and develop and bring products to market in good timelines. And yeah, that's fashion from technology. And then technology from fashion is the aesthetic, first and foremost, I think. You know, technology is amazing, but it very rarely looks as amazing as it acts. So I think there's a lot to to take there. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the experiments that we've seen either in the heated apparel space or just, you know, in the fashion tech space as well, it's been clunky. But then you see, you know... Emil and Aris, and you're developing something beautiful, and it also has the functionality. So it's really a testament that this can be done. It's just it requires a little bit more attention to detail, perhaps. I'm glad you brought that up, Amanda. Yes, I think attention to detail is extremely important, and I think that's something we tried to do from the start. Like, we didn't skimp. We wanted to create a luxury brand. We all understood luxury. We knew what was required. You know, we used the right people as partners, whether it was to produce the video or do the shoot or get the models or style. We were lucky enough that people were so excited by the project that they were happy to work for less than they would normally have worked because, again, we're a startup. But it's extremely important to look at. It. And I think the other thing is also that's extremely important is to not put too much technology. I think people are ready and they're accepting and they want to have technology in wearables and in their clothing. But as long as it makes a difference, I think where a lot of companies have gone wrong or ideas have gone wrong is that they're just trying to put too much. I mean, we have so many people that contacted us trying to get us to put apps in our coats and you know, all sorts of things that I would never need in a coat. Yeah. But if I go out and it's cold and I can make my coat warmer, that's a fantastic thing. And similarly, if I go in and my coat is too warm and I can just switch off the battery and it's still light and I can still keep it on, it's also a very practical thing. Like very few people will tell you that they didn't wish their coat could do that. So we just kept it very simple and very focused. And we stayed, you know, we stayed away from all the gadgets that we could have added to the coat. That's not to say we'll never do anything else. I think we want to keep doing stuff as long as it's, as long as it's life enhancing and it has a very clear purpose. A bit like Fitbit. Like I think Fitbit very much got it right. They went on the market, they had a very clear purpose, and they stuck to that purpose, and they didn't try to tell you that they were going to do everything else as well. Right, yeah, so it's really about understanding your audience's needs and catering to that rather than trying to cram every, like, gadget and gizmo into one garment. (laughs) Exactly, and the thing is, your audience doesn't know its needs, right? I mean, a lot of it needs to be thought through, and so, yeah, I think you start with yourself. You sort of think, would I want this? Would I wear this? And I'm, yeah, we're very difficult, all of us on the, you know, there's a lot that, I mean, I've never, I wouldn't say I'm a tech avid consumer. I'm not someone who will buy every gadget under the moon, but am I a quality and, you know, clothing aficionado? Most definitely. Like I will spend on 
I've always been a quality shopper, even when I was younger. I always liked beautiful materials. I, pre- I prefer to buy one thing to three, as long as it was something that was going to last and, you know, look the part for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And so this could be the coat that you own that, you know, you're going between Christmas events or holiday events and you want to look sleek. You know, you don't want to be bundled up in this big parka. You still want to look sleek. Maybe you're going to fashion week, but you're going to be nice and warm because of the paneling. I'm really excited and I'm going to definitely save up and hopefully own one one day. <laughs> so for Amanda, sorry, can I just add one last thing? Absolutely. I just want to say the coat is perfect from going to place to place in cold countries, but it is also, it's, I can vouch for it, it's a perfect travel coat. Ah. I had to spend a weekend in New York where I went through four seasons. I swear we went through summer, spring, autumn, and winter, all in the same 48 hours. And without <laughs> that, I would have needed to pack three coats for a weekend. Yeah, yeah it's it a really good point. And I... I think as people become more conscious about what they consume, as you were talking about, but then also this idea of like the capsule wardrobe is becoming very important. So having one coat that can take you through all those seasons and all those, you know, weather circumstances that you might not be able to predict. I mean, I think that itself is worth the investment. Yes. Thank you. That's my point. So it's not just for cold weather, it's for variable weather, for all seasons. Very cool. So how can people stay in touch with you and follow what you're doing? We're very active on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please like our page and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It's a new world I'm trying to get used to. And I come from a magazine world and our website. And sign up to our, to our news. We'll keep you updated. They'll be, you know, they'll be to the point and minimal. We're too thin on the ground to send too, much, too many emails to anyone. So if you want to know about the coast and what we're doing and when they're coming out, Please sign on. Very good. And once again, we'll put the link on Electric Runway so people can take a look. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. That was my conversation with Rana Nakal Solset, founder of ML and Aris. For images of everything we talked about on the show, I invite you to visit electricrunway.com. For all past and future episodes of the Electric Runway podcast, visit our website and subscribe. The show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps people just like you discover content just like ours. In case you haven't seen it, we're also on YouTube delivering weekly fashion tech freshness. Just search Electric Runway on YouTube for product reviews, unboxings, and industry updates. For daily inspiration, find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at electric underscore runway. You can also follow me personally on Twitter. I'm at Amanda Costco. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie.